Indian Warriors. It's the Racers and Rental Cars Podcast with your hosts, Top Fuel Cam, Cameron Foray, and his co-host, Mr. Top Sportsman, Don O'Neill. Keep on till they can Some brands choose to buy recognition. NGK would rather work for a living. Time after time, track after track, season after season, the engines that continually propel NHRA teams to victory often rely on NGK spark plugs. From factory stock cars to the top fuel class, we put our name on the line. And when we finish first, which happens a lot, we go back to work. Why? Because sometimes recognition can come with a price, but actions always speak louder than words. We earn it. We own it. That's what matters to us. NGK Spark Plugs, since 1936. What's up, West Coast Cam? What's up, Don? Long time no talk. Well, I take that back. It's a long time that we haven't actually done a podcast that was worthy of like making it onto iTunes. I've talked and, to you a lot. And thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode <laughs> of Racers and Rental Cars Podcast. We are, I am, coming to you from the furthest east that i think i can get during this uh, 2021 season um pretty close to atlantic ocean over here in the great state of pennsylvania but nonetheless yes cam that is correct we did not have a viable uh, professional sounding podcast to put out last week as we were sorry full about up. Your luck. sorry about who them or or me you them the Listeners, they don't give a shit. <laughs> it was anyways. It was a, it was a very very rough sounding podcast as I was trying to record while we were in Florida, and it just did not work. I had forgotten the microphone and tried to do it through headphones, and it was just horrific. And so we did not do that. We'll blame it on the sound. We'll just go with that. Absolutely, that's what we're going to go with. But nonetheless, yes, it. We are back as it is the last week in the month of February. And as we're recording this, I'm getting pictures from lower. Well, I don't want to say lower Alabama since it's L.A., Louisiana and the no problem raceway kicking off. I've seen photos for NASCAR cars getting rewrapped after their two weeks in Daytona. And my friend, we are only two short weeks away from NHRA Camping World Series kicking off. And I'm trying to think if I'm forgetting any other racing series that has really had their uh, coming out. I mean, we've still got Supercross going on. Supercross is live and well, yep. They're and actually so, taking a week off. Yeah, so I, I think they're hoping that, what's his name, Raxon? Roxon, they're hoping oh they're 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 hoping this guy gets like arrested or something because he is like just running away with the championship. I mean, just I mean they can I mean, just put his name on the truck. 
I don't know. It's only six points, so it's not a huge uh, like landslide points battle. But I mean, it's I don't know. I mean, dude, you Wait. gotta remember they do like eighteen or was it sixteen or eighteen rounds? So a lot can happen. They're only like I think they're on round seven, so they still got like a lot more racing to go. Wait a minute, hold on. This you telling me this guy ran ran the table. He, I mean, he went three for, and he's only six points ahead in the standings. Yeah, dude, this year's been pretty close. Like, I'm, it's very interesting because you got, like, they'll do really good, and then they'll get like seventh or eighth. Like uh, the top kind of like five guys are kind of like in that Justin Barsha, Eli Tomac, Cooper Webb. They're all kind of and Roxon, Rosin or whatever the hell you want to call them. But Ken Roxon, Roxon. Wax rocks on. on rocks on that's what that mugs they need to make sure they give him that last name rocks on because that's wax on rocks on no rocks on that guy ran the table and he's only six points out who's doing the points over there i mean they got a monkey with a abacus machine or something i mean he should be no, killing dude, them it's like i said it's just it's just a crazy season so far like there's so much going on but dude last weekend um they started the west coast which they started it in Orlando because the 250s race east and west, <clears throat> which we'll get into that when we get into our fan mail stuff, um, but <laughs> or our hate mail. But they started the east coast. I'm sorry, the west coast on the east coast in Orlando. And dude, it was like a carnage city. Like the first turn, they had a red flag. It bunch of people got hurt, crashed out. Yeah, it was bad. It's kind of a mess. Yeah, I I mean, okay, well. I would have thought by now they were like stitching or stitching his name in the in the trophy. Lay, Not up in here. I do hope he, they do stitch his name in the trophy because it would be awesome after all he's been through uh, with all of his injuries and stuff to win the championship. I'm actually he's my vote, but I don't know. It's gonna be it's definitely gonna be close. So. All right. Well, that's uh. I mean, we'll just have to watch that because I just think that's cool. Anytime somebody can run the table like that, I was like, man, holy cow, three nights in a row, killing it. Yeah. He was killing definitely it. on fire in Indy, though. I'll give killing, you killing it. Well, I mean, I can probably use the segue of killing it to talk about what NASCAR did last week on the road My course. Career? Oh. Well, yeah, well, you killed that a long time ago. I didn't have anything to do with that. But NASCAR in the road course was killing some cars out there in Daytona. Uh, so that was interesting as there was some first-time winners with Mr. Seabell over at Joe Gibbs Racing. And then Joe Gibbs, the coach, his grandson, Ty Gibbs. That. How old is that kid? Dude, he's 18 years old. He looks like he's 12 like me, and good for him. And well, he's still right. in high school. He's a senior in high school. So it's badass. Good for him. Uh, yep. I mean, yeah, uh, I know he's a grandson of, of a Gibbs, but who cares? You still have to go out there, and you still got to drive. So good for him, man. Yep, absolutely. So it was cool to see C. Bell, uh, Christopher Bell get his first win uh, in the Nextel, or I'm sorry, in the NASCAR series. I almost called it Nextel Cup. That just tells you how I got that on the brain. And then, <laughs> and then the Xfinity series with, with Ty Gibbs. So those guys are, I think, all the NASCAR drivers, other than the ones that won in the last two weeks between Daytona 
and uh, they're at the road course. I think they're already and excited to get out of Daytona as quickly as they possibly can. However, they're only going a few hours down the road to Homestead. Uh, well, so, before you talked about Homestead, tell me, ex- fill me in on this whole Bristol dirt track truck thing. Well, I mean, because that looks dirt- badass. I mean, I'm not, as everybody knows, I'm not much of a NASCAR fan. Yes, I appreciate it. Like, I, I, I get it. I like it. It's racing. But I don't follow it like Don does. Feel, well, like, but if it was like that, because it looks pretty badass from what I saw. It's going, to be, it's going to be very intense. And there is going to be some carnage. Uh, so When is that? Well, I think they've started already. It's, it's I don't know. I want to say that there's like, there's cars on dirt for like the next eight weeks, different, oh, really? se- yeah, different series. I think, and, and I don't have it in front of me. Uh, thanks for letting me know that that's where you wanted to go. Appreciate that Sorry. pre-production meeting. Uh, so yeah, th- I think Start they're they're gonna have again. yeah they're gonna have numerous series that are gonna be on the track at Bristol because you can't just move dirt in for one or two nights the way they did that. It's gonna be. It's going to be on like Donkey Kong, and it is. It I mean, some of the stuff that's coming out of there, the excitement, the sponsors that are getting involved with some of the drivers, drivers coming down, drivers from all over the country. It is. It's going to be exciting, and, and kudos to to Bruton Smith and his whole entire team there at the Speedway. Uh, I mean, if you just followed their social media for watching them bring the dirt in and the whole entire process of laying it down, I mean. How, how I mean, business wise, how would you like to be the guy that got the phone call from from Bristol and they said, "Hey, we need you to bring in X amount of metric tons of dirt. We're gonna lay it out. Gonna need all that ex- excavating equipment. Get it. We're gonna run some races, and then uh, when we're done, oh yeah, by the way, you got to come back and get it because we want it out of here. Mm-hmm. How yeah, about that no, guy? repeat business right there that's what i'm saying yeah hell yeah he'll just well then they'll say they'll do like the cert, the supercross guys be like yeah we'll take all this dirt out of here and could you store it for us right till the next time we come back yeah, yeah no, no. i'm gonna go plant it somewhere we'll be good but no that's gonna be that's gonna be pretty huge uh as well as i mean everything that's going on in nascar nascar is getting such a huge buzz right now i i i don't I don't want to contribute completely to the new team owners that have come in. I don't want to contribute it to the young drivers. I don't want to contribute it to the amount of wrecks and, uh, let's say, angst that's been going on. But, I mean, for two weeks to come out, or three weeks to include the Bush Clash week, NASCAR has just been completely and utterly on fire with sponsorships and this and that, and it's just been awesome. Do you think it's because there's not much on TV? It's possible. Or there's uh, like not much going on because of, I mean, yes, the doom and gloom COVID or whatever, but there's not, I mean, all you really hear about is NASCAR stuff. And maybe that's just because we're in the motorsports arena. But I mean, I think, well, <laughs> I think I mentioned it on the podcast uh, that never got aired, but uh, um, I was taught, I was listening to the radio to my XM on the way to work and they were talking about NASCAR about the during the rain delay or whatever, how they had all the drivers were like going to their spot. Like the guy went to McDonald's and uh, was it Bubba. It wasn't Bubba. No, Tyler Reddick, Tyler Reddick. He went to McDonald's and got all, got all the food for his crew during the, during the, the deal. I mean, that was pretty cool. But I mean, here you are. And it was funny because 
you can tell they weren't really NASCAR fans on. I mean, I know Sirius has a NASCAR station or whatever, but yeah. obviously the DJs that I was listening to on the the, con- the highway, the country station, um, they weren't much fans because they, they didn't even know the names of who they were talking about. They're like, yeah, some NASCAR guy sponsored by McDonald's. So I didn't know who they were referencing because I didn't watch it, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. They're getting some plugs on, on Sirius XM. So, I mean, maybe it's just because it's a slow news day and not many people uh, – have things going on, so they are watching NASCAR, which, I mean, good for them. Hopefully, when NHRA starts here in the next couple weeks, for some, not me, but for some, <laughs> um, it, you know, it'll get some buzz with the Camping World stuff and, and all that. So we'll see. Well, and, and there is a little bit to go along with what's going on in the world of sports and what's on TV. <laughs> so let's, I mean, honestly, you could think about it from the standpoint uh, spring training's going on in baseball, okay? But, I mean, it's not... I mean, unless you're a spring training or a baseball fan, you're really not kind of following that. Basketball on the NBA side, college basketball is heating up. I mean, obviously, we're in the next to last week. We actually are in the last week of February as March Madness is looming around the corner, uh, which, oh, yeah, by the way, all of March Madness NCAA basketball tournament will take place in... Indianapolis, Indiana, and they are going to have 25% fan capacity. That is going to be awesome. So that's, I think that's, that's cool. That's a great step towards having PRI uh, at the end of 2021. So fingers crossed for that. But you know, it's funny. You, you kind of mentioned you mentioned something there, and I love cutting you off because you get so pissed yeah, off. Yeah, but, go ahead. But, Why not? <laughs> but. It's really cool to, like, I feel like, maybe this is just my own personal opinion, but things are starting to kind of open up. Like, even here in California, like, you kind of are hearing things like, oh, they're letting these people do this, they're letting them do that. I'm like, hmm, maybe there is hope for, in the world. We'll see. Well, I know uh, last week, two weeks ago, uh, I saw that the notices came out from SEMA for SEMA Show Boost Space. So, I mean, whether that's going to be awesome or not, and it's, you know, optimistic thinking, that's kicking off. Jeff Foster and his entire team, along with Biondo and the Fling staff, they're getting ready. They've announced that they're still going to have their drag racing in Vegas, which is a very good sign. Uh, Even though, obviously, we probably won't have huge fan attendance uh, there, but that's still a good sign for Vegas and Jeff Foster and his team. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely optimistic out there. I mean, we got to. We, I mean, you have to at a certain point. You got to just turn the negativity off and start thinking about the fact that we got to get the glass half full, not glass half empty. Uh, but yeah, so hopefully, yeah, two weeks. Oh, and speaking of two weeks, and you said Camping World, man. How about a kudos? I mean, I'm going to tag him and blow him up, but Marcus Limonis is throwing down in the world of motorsports. He is poking the bear left and right. If you're not on Twitter and you're not a Twitter person, that's fine. Do yourself a favor. Just go on to, to Twitter, set up an account, follow Marcus, follow NHRA, and follow NASCAR, and sit back and just watch and read. It is, I mean, it is awesome. He is. He started a poll the other day about whether it's uh, NASCAR or NHRA drag racing. Which really, one? I didn't see yes. that. What? Yeah, what's yeah. The, 
Look this up right now. Yeah. So this, I mean, he is poking the bear, which I mean, for more, I mean, he is, he's good about stirring things up. He's very, you know, he's a, a big activist in social media. I mean, don't get me wrong. Let's not take anything away from him and Barstool Sports and what they're doing to impact the food service for, for small businesses across the country. Kudos to those guys for that. But the point of him bringing light and exposure to the two premier motorsports in the country, I think is awesome. And he invests money in both of them with the, the, the truck series on the NASCAR side and being the title sponsor for NHRA drag racing. And, um, you know, there was comments about the fact that, well, nobody knows NHRA drag racing or, you know, more people know about NASCAR and things of this nature. And I don't disagree with that, 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 you know, we have some, we have some moments in exposure and awareness uh, differences between NHRA and NASCAR, and that's always going to happen. I don't think it's it's never going to be even 50-50 or one, you know, even when people say, like, I think the poll said it was like 70-30 or 65-45 or whatever, or 35 or whatever it was the last time I checked. And people are talking about NHRA drag racing. Nobody knows about NHRA drag racing. And it's like, well, I mean, what if we had Camping World for a sponsor for? Like what? Three weeks? I mean, let's, <laughs> I mean, let's be, let's be honest here. How about we you give us a chance? I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, we're still trying to come out of the gate with activation and so forth. The strategy of it, uh, as they came to the table extremely quick at the, tail end i mean literally we're turning lights off as in the building as we're headed out to end the year and nhra drag racing with camping world coming on board uh give us a chance to keep the lights on in the building for 24 7 and let's see where we're at then and he's always been involved with nascar i mean he's built a huge following in the camping world truck series and, and you cannot take that away from him and so as far as i'm concerned marcus come on in pull out a chair put your feet up on the table and and Let's activate and bring NHRA drag racing to the same level with uh, NASCAR series. I think it's still, I mean, we're the fastest sport, and I feel like we're still the most relatable when it comes to the fans with what we do. And, uh, yeah, let's, I mean, let's have at it. So, yeah, so I'm excited about the next couple weeks. Let's do it up, brother. Marcus, let's do it. I mean, he's, man, I'm telling you, just pick a day, go in there, just follow him and read his stuff. He's very passionate about it, uh, and he's still he's still very giving, so very excited about that. So that'll lead into the fact that it has been like um, free agency none for NHRA in 2021. <laughs> what We had two fuel teams swap, swap crews uh, or crews that – Change it's sides pretty, of the route. Change side of the streets. It's pretty uh, much the, the it's more of the. Uh, well, who's left? I, then, then uh, who's new? Very, very much so. I, I mean, very much so. Uh, JFR two weeks ago, I guess, as we're dropping this episode, they made their announcements. Uh, the big return, right? JFR back to NHRA <laughs> Camping World Drag Racing Series. Uh, and I think that was probably that was a that was probably I think that's going to be the most I don't say controversial the biggest announcement I think that we're going to have for 
to start the 2021 season. I don't think anybody was shocked this week when DSR made their announcement. Everybody was, you know, heartbroken uh, with the fact that Jack Beckman and Tommy Johnson are, are obviously no longer with DSR, do not have rides um, with the loss of the, you know, the foundation support from Chandler. Um, that sucks. I mean, right? Because Tommy Johnson and Jack Beckman, two of the nicest guys in the pits. I mean, oh, just yeah. I mean, hands down. It, but that just goes to show you, like, this industry in this world, like, I don't care who you are. I mean, you could be a flash in the pan like nothing. I mean, Jack's a champion. Like, he's won multiple world championships, sportsman, pro. Like, he's won indie. He's done all these things. And now he's just like, yeah, I'm I'm done. And, like, when you read his articles and stuff, like, he, or interviews and stuff that he's done, he kind of seems like he's just, ah, I'm good. I mean, he doesn't really – I mean, yeah, he wants to come back out and race, but, like, he's like, nah, like – I got my new elevator mechanics union or whatever, like which is a great living, by the way. Like people who are elevator mechanics make really good money. So hell, he probably end up making more money doing that than he was driving. And you know, I mean, I don't know what he was making, but um, <laughs> but but you never know. I mean, it's it's a very lucrative career, and you know, he I, I do know he's got a couple kids that are that are getting a little older. They're I think I want to say they're like eight and 10 maybe ish somewhere around there. And so, I mean, being on the road and traveling a lot, like risking your life. I mean, you gotta pick your poison, you know? I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to go out like that, but he's had a hell of a career and same with TJ. I mean, he's those two dudes kind of lived the dream, man. I'd give anything to be able to race for seven to 10 years and make a living doing it and pay my mortgage. Like, I mean, that's my ultimate end goal, but you know, in the meantime, there's there's life happening out there. So, I mean, good for them that they're that they're keeping afloat and and being able to to survive. But I mean, I do hope they come come back out and race because you know the more cars, the merrier. You know, but I I will tell you, it is very hard to find sponsorships right now, and I know that's a lot of what this podcast is about. But when you got no no Tony Schumacher, no Jack Beckman, no Tommy Johnson Jr. like if you lined us all up in a room, I mean, yeah, I mean, sure, I'm only on that list, I guess, that would, you know, if you lined us all up just because I drive top fuel, but, like, I mean, obviously they would want to pick a Jack Beckman before a Cameron Foray, I mean, because of his accolades. I mean, the guy's a badass behind the wheel. But, so it's not just, you know, the little guys like me or Don or, you know, the people listening to the show that are struggling with sponsorship. I mean, what do you do, man? Well, and, and that's very true. So, I mean, let's look at it from that standpoint, right? You have for two years now, right? Okay. You, if you want to take 2020 and insert that and say, okay, well, you know, he came back on, on a partial schedule last year with Tony Schumacher, right? But he really didn't. I mean, no. he did, he did, but he didn't, he didn't come back with anything new to the table. It was pre-existing companies that were already in the umbrella. And I'm sorry, look, you've got the equipment and you're five miles from the racetrack. You can keep your expenses pretty low, uh, to go over and run a car that you, you know, you can pull parts out of this trailer or that trailer. Yeah. It still costs money. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not discounting that, but, uh, it's not like they put the hauler on the road and, and went to Vegas or whatever, you know what I mean? Um, right. With new companies, but you're you're talking about 
a champ, a multi-time champ, a record-breaking. I mean, right now, currently, you've got to look and say that Steve Torrance is probably the best out there at having an opportunity and the possibility of breaking Tony Schumacher records. If he continues to go long enough, right? Like he continues to, to want to do this. But when you've got Tommy Johnson and Jack Beckman and they're standing on the sidelines uh, with no sponsor deals and, and you've got a business mogul like Don Schumacher that has ultimate B2B opportunities and you can't find another company to come in, man, that, te- I mean, that just flat tells you that it's, I mean, that's significantly tough. And so, uh, well, that, that's, that's where I raise the question with, I mean, yes, I'm in the same battle. I mean, I do have great sponsors and do cool things and I'm continuing to, to seek more to be out there more, but I'm going to ask the, the, the bad question here, Don, has NHRA like outpriced its return in the like in the fuel categories? Me meaning that the ask like for dollars. Yeah, you want a company to give you three, four million dollars to brand this, you know, to do a program within within drag racing, right? Because that's what everybody says is the magical number, three to four million bucks. For like for what they're getting, is it worth that, right? Because obviously if you're going to put up that kind of money, you got to have some sort of return, right? And they say what drag racing is a what, three to one return probably? Usually on, usually on a number that big, if somebody wants that kind of cash, they're wanting like six and seven to one returns. So how how do we bridge that gap? I guess it also depends on who you talk to, right? Because look at Napa. They've been doing it for 100 years, it seems like, and they just keep on trucking. It's a great program for them, but how do you bridge the gap between the marketing officers that are saying, oh, well, we can't spend that kind of cash versus the ones that are like, oh, man, this program's great. It only costs $4 million bucks when we spend 20 in NASCAR. Well, that again, you're you're coming down with the metrics analysis, and and I got a caveat in there for that. Napa being involved, I th- okay. So I think this is again, this is just me. No, ba- no basis of intel to think that it would go down uh, exactly how I'm saying. If Ron Caps hangs his helmet up tomorrow. Napa is no more at the at the competition level that or support level that they are in NHRA drag racing. I be, I firmly believe that Ron Caps holds the Napa program in the palm of his hand based on the number of appearances and the things that he does to help that company. I mean, if you if you read some of the 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 media stuff in in business uh, publications. That to- that Napa is involved with, they they talk about Ron Caps being being out at stores, making stops, just walking in arbitrarily to locations, snapping a photo, and it being on social media. And he, I mean, just so again, I think he's the guy that's doing that, right? Uh, but at the same time, we've got to have an analysis to say, okay, 
you know, what the Daytona 500 this year for the second year in a row had the lowest viewership for the Daytona 500. I have 4.5 million people. 4.5 million is the second lowest in NASCAR history. Now, when you're getting, you know, some of those race teams are looking at a 500,000 to a million, million two, maybe million five for just the Daytona 500. Do the math on that, on your viewership. And so even though we're trying to make apples and apples match up, they, they really don't. So you are going to have some differences there. I, I feel like if you're asking for three million, that CMO and CFO are going to be looking for six to seven minimum back out of it. And I don't think that we're, I don't think that we bring seven million dollars in value just between our TV package at the professional level. I mean, I could probably help you get to one and a half, two, maybe even three. But beyond that, is beyond a one to one with the TV package, we got we got to have some other stuff in there. We got to have some other activations, some other some other metrics of sales, R and D, growth opportunities, business development, distribution opportunities across the country to make up that other two to three million that we got to get back out right. of our and ROI. I think, and I think that that's where where Napa, you know, we're using them as the example here. I think that's where they also excel with doing their b2b stuff with their activation and you know this oil into our stores and you know that kind of stuff which is great um but yeah i i'm right there with you you know and i feel like that's why we're seeing a lot of of the bigger teams you know they have a sponsorship for you know seven races or whatever or six races and then it changes like look at Brittany force she's got monster energy and flavor pack right for next year or this year and they're two huge companies but obviously monster energy is like <laughs> sponsors everybody on the planet but doesn't sound like they want to put up three million bucks for nhra when they could go sponsor supercross for probably the same amount and get a bazillion more impressions and you know things that they want so uh, it's a it's it's tough you know, and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer by any means, but, you know, another thing that a lot of people kind of overlook in things like this. Okay, so say somebody did give me three million bucks to go do what I want to do, to go run the car, race car. Okay, yeah, you get all this. Oh, you want to do all this other activation stuff in the pits? You want to you wanna do T-shirts, branding, you know, all this other stuff that goes a lot that you can do when you sponsor a program like that? Where do, who pays for that? So that $3 million just turned into $4 million in just paying for all the stuff that you need to, the, I guess, the operating costs, right? A lot of people don't talk about that when they're, when they're getting into, uh, you know, like their sponsorship stuff. I was in a meeting the other day trying to, you know, finalize what we got going on for, for my racing stuff this year, and that came up. You know, it's okay. It's X amount of dollars. This is what we're going to do. This is what's happening. And then it's like, oh, well, what about the, the, the t-shirts and the flights and the, this and the, that, like all the little details that nobody thinks about. Everybody just says, oh, I need, I need $50,000 a race. Okay. Well, what about getting there? What about eating while you're there? All that other stuff. Who's paying for that? 
Yeah, we used to run a uh, rule of thumb of being. It was used to be. It used to be two. It used to be two dollars set aside for every dollar in it for activation. So if you had a three million dollar deal, you're you're basically looking at five million to be able to activate adequately. Um, because again, that that activation piece of it is where the other items come in to make up the complete return on investment, the ROI to try to get to that valuation point. And the people don't think about that and you have to have it. You have to have metrics that go along with it, whether it's sales relationships, uh, you have to, if you don't, you're, you're going to be out of a ride. Um, case in point, I mean, look, hate to do it but look at austin proc how does how does the 2019 rookie of the year end up out of a ride i mean i mean come on i mean what did he have to have two or three wins two wins he just had one he just won seattle Eh, yeah just one just one Top fuel in HRA win. Just one. Just one. I'm just, just over one. here trying to trying to rack up around wins. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean and, and he's the rookie of the year. And he's out of a ride. So it's uh it is tough. It doesn't matter how many championships you have, how many years you've raced at the professional level. It is tough, tough, tough to be out there. The one thing I will tell you that can take care of that toughness is going to be the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. We have gotten through Valentine's Day. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope that you were able to acquire your Perfect Package and you had a great Valentine's Day with your special someone. However, it's March Madness time. It is bracket time. It is Perfect Package 3.0 for the NCAA March Madness. Now, also that goes along with that this year, we're going to give a little extra time to Manscaped because they are supplying proceeds from your purchase of the 3.0 to impact testicular cancer research. So make sure... That if, if you've been on the fence and said, ah, you know, I need to, I need to go, I want to go get this 3.0, perfect package, Manscaped, get the drawers, the toner, everything going on. If you're on the fence, I, I challenge you to go out there as a male or even as someone that loves your male, make sure that you do it in the month of March for testicular cancer research. It's not cool. It's something that's very important to all of us as men uh, about our testes. So do yourself a favor. Perfect Package 3.0, manscaped.com. Go over, put in RIRC, get yourself the Perfect Package, and get that get Manscaped kicking money over there to testicular cancer research. We need to have it done, and you need to have yourself checked. So if this is a reminder to go get yourself checked, make sure you go get checked in the month of March. Put it on your to-do list. 
but get it done in the month of March. It's March Madness. You know, we all go crazy over college basketball and the brackets and filling it out and trying to take everybody's money in the pool. Well, Manscaped is willing to give their money over to having the research done for testicular cancer. So do it. Manscaped.com, R-I-R-C, 20% off at checkout, free shipping. We are worldwide with shipping. So once again, Manscaped.com, R-I-R-C. Boom. I'm glad you didn't cut your balls off on your vacation, by the way, in Florida before you went out there and were wearing your little G-string and dancing around with Gronk and and uh, what's his face? Oh, yeah, Tom Brady throwing around the Lombardi Trophy. Were you down at the party? You were down there, right? I saw. I yeah, they were a little north of me, but I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. It didn't – my time in Florida was rather chilly. It was chilly. It was a little cold. Had a couple of days. It was nice, but it was it was cold. So it doesn't matter perfect package or not perfect package. It didn't matter during that time frame. It was cold. <laughs> there you go. Oh, oh. so no. Let's um. I I want to give a quick shout out to one of our former guests who has had a significant career change this week, and she has knocked it out of the park. And she is moving on. DSR superstar, former DSR superstar, has decided to move on over to the world of IndyCar. And she is just straight up killing it. And that is Miss Ashley Keller. She is taking over social media specialist of partnerships at Carvana for Chip Ganassi Racing and Jimmy Johnson. So, huge. So, again, we want to give her the golf clap, a couple high fives, some cheers. It's probably because, because she learned so much on racers and rental cars from being on the episode and, you know, all the insights that we gave her. You know, I'm pretty sure that's why she got the new job and making, you know, seven figures. So, well, good for her. Well, well, hold on. So, it's funny that you say that. How about we jump one more as this week has been jam-packed? with people that have been on our show and moved on to bigger and better things. Just two short weeks ago, Miss Hannah Newhouse was on our show, and she is going to be the new in the booth color commentary for the Cars Tour this season, in addition to her MRN radio and NASCAR schedule. So that is a huge announcement for Hannah. So we are two for two for job promotions and career change this week. So congratulations to the ladies. I think uh, that's pretty awesome. And then, of course, I didn't get to shout out Ben Riling as he was on our show, former Coca-Cola director of motorsports, as he also made an announcement as he moved forward uh, with a career opportunity, which I hope, as I've gotten some feedback, uh, that people have actually kind of been following Ben and reading in as he offered up his expertise and willingness to mentor. So uh, thank you again for that, Ben. So yeah, so we got we might even have to start up a career section on our show. I have no idea. Test testimonials. Yeah, career, I mean, career change. I'm just waiting for mine. Just waiting for that big sponsorship announcement. I can say. You know, it's for the next 20 years sponsorship. Cameron going to live the dream for that long. That'd be great. But I think my kid's going to take over, and I'm not going to probably get anything 
anymore. It's all going to go to jet. You know, if you were smart, you would quit racing and start being his agent. But none. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. As a matter of fact, it's funny you just said that because I just got a sponsorship thing um, for, yeah, for his part of his BMX sponsorship about, you know, his promo code. There Literally, you go. Yeah. Yeah. For some discount items. Yep, and I want to let everybody know that, yes, that is correct. Now that Cameron is spending more time on getting jet sponsorships, some of that financial will start being an arm's length transaction over into racers and rental cars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 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 maybe. In Uh, in my spare time. Yeah, right. Thanks. I really appreciate that. All right, let's get to the hate mail before we run out of time. Let's let's get it. Let's pick, pick it. Should we find some hate mail? Let me see. Let me let me pull it up. Here. Well, Let's... we told last week that we were going to talk all about hate mail, and of course we had technical issues. So let's get to it. Let me see what I can find here. Let's see. Let's see. This person wants free stuff. This person wants free stuff. This person bought stuff. This person bought stuff. Where are we at? Because it was a good one. Because. My buddy Don last week was all fired up about this. Latest podcast. Here we go. Great show. Love the show. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, what is the best way to boost your social media presence? I have a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, but YouTube doesn't seem to have much content on it. Maybe you guys could cover uh, something on the podcast that might help with that. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Well, I would have to say that uh, um, my personal opinion, if you say you don't have much content, that's a that's kind of a big, a big thing when it comes to social media. I mean, I'm even really bad at this myself. You have to put, like, if you're going to grow your network and you're going to grow your following and your presence, you have got to be relevant. So, therefore, you need to continuously post videos, continuously post photos on Instagram, whatever platform you're using, you have to be engaging on it and you have to do it. If not, it's just not going to work um, because you fall on the algorithm and they change so much stuff so much, so often that you just kind of go by the wayside, you know, and then you have people up against you that are racing in your series and things like that, that they're posting every day, they're doing their stuff. That person's going to show up in somebody else's popular feed way sooner than you are. They'll get the follow and you won't. Um, same thing with YouTube. They're all kind of interlinked, owned by Facebook, da, 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 these days. So you got to watch that. Um, one thing I noticed too, when you have a video or something like that on your, you need to post them twice. Um, like if you have Facebook and YouTube, for instance, if you're going to post the video, don't link your YouTube account to like, oh, check out this link here. And because Facebook does not like when you click out of their world. So it won't show up very often. So if you have the same video, post it twice, post it in Facebook, and then also post it on your YouTube. It may not look like you have as many views, but in reality, you'll end up getting more views because it'll show up in more more popular feeds. So try that out. Post more often, more regularly. And yeah, 
That's my tip, Don. You got something for him? Why, well, why? wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, yeah, look, I'm just a simple guy, but you just confused the hell out of me. What? What do you? What? what oh, wait, 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 wait. All right, we we all know it's not a secret, right? That Facebook does not like YouTube videos. Click this link and go, right? So, yeah. so you're saying that if I if I upload something into YouTube and I drop down there and I see my my share link in YouTube and I click on my share link and I'm sending that to Facebook, right? So the link goes over there in Facebook. Are you telling me not to do that? That I should just take the video and post it organically into Facebook? Yes, that's correct. That's exactly what I'm saying. So don't use the share function out of YouTube. You can, but I recommend using going into Facebook as well and posting the same video, which sounds repetitive. But again, Facebook doesn't like you clicking back and forth because what's going to happen is it sucks the user. Even if you push share to Facebook, sure, that goes to them, you know, but they're going to click back again and it's going to go back to YouTube. So they don't really like that. That's exactly right. And I wanted to make sure that, that that was explained correctly so that everyone, because I've had people ask me, they're like, well, if you post it, if you post a YouTube link up there, it, 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 some people say, well, I never saw it in my feed. I never saw it. I never saw it. And it's legitimately better for you to go grab the video and post it organically into Facebook to get those views. And it's difficult because Facebook, you know, hey, their attention, their attention selfish suck fishes that are trying to get all of it out of us so i agree with you on that and again just remember your engagement be be authentic about it don't get wrapped up in your numbers try to to communicate with people every time they communicate back with you if they like comment you you know you have to have a, a you know as they say a cta a call to action um Nine times out of ten, if you don't have a call to action, you're not going to have anything that's going to come back. You know, whether it's an, a question that you ask or, hey, where, what's yours? This is mine. Yada, yada, yada. You have to have that. And that doesn't and I'm not just talking about on Instagram. That's Twitter, Facebook. You, you need to have those CTAs in there and take your time. It's not going to happen overnight. I have to tell you that last night when I got to the hotel, there was a show on HBO that I turned on and it was about bots about buying bots right and making people that, that that are nobody famous on Instagram and the problem is is that I was in the middle of it it never said the title and so I've got to figure out what this show was because we're going to talk about it I'm, I'm it was very eye-opening it had the whole pull the onion back peel the onion back on kim kardashian and their whole deal uh when i don't know if you remember when that happened and like 75 percent of her followers were were fake uh that they weren't she didn't have the large numbers that they were talking about so we're gonna have to That's talk what about you that do on your only fans account hold on Oh, now we're pulling out OnlyFans, <laughs> nonetheless. I always uh, say that. I, I watched a documentary. There's a documentary about OnlyFans on, uh, I think it's like Hulu or something. But it's pretty funny to about how that whole deal, I never really even knew what it was. And then I watched this documentary about it. And it kind of, I mean, hey, whatever. People got to make money. So. 
I'm out on that. Don't even get me yeah, started. I'm not I'm not interested either, other than the fact that I read this article that happened to pop up on my Facebook, probably because it listens to every conversation I have. Yep. And what I watched, um, that some lady is making a hundred and fifty thousand her and her husband are making hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month from OnlyFans and her three kids got kicked out of the private Catholic school that uh, they attacked. <laughs> it was in People magazine. Anyway, back to hate mail. Yeah. Next one. Uh, um, next one. I really like the podcast, and the question I have, um, you may have covered already, but your opinions on sponsor stealing are pretty spot on. I used to work for a large company that was involved in racing that sponsored many racers in different forms of motorsports all over the world, but changed marketing people pretty often. I would like to stay anonymous in this, but my question is, um, what provisions can racers or race teams do to help prevent falling out of favor Parentheses, sponsor, sponsor stealing after a new marketing manager enters into the picture. Are there any tips or pointers to help combat things to do this ahead of time to prepare for your change? So I think what they're talking about is, you know, they have a deal with somebody already. The new blood comes in, the new management team comes in, and you're worried about being left in the cold. Um, biggest thing is to be relevant again. Get in there. you got to develop a relationship with that said person whoever's making the decisions um you got to know let them know who you are what you're doing keep in contact um i know alex Styler's big on proof of performance make sure you continue to keep them in the loop on everything that you do um and then it will kind of it'll just shake itself out you know everybody goes for the low-lying fruit which is unfortunate but at the end of the day um you know, you just have to develop a relationship. And if, if you're a well-likable person, then, you know, it, it should kind of sort itself out. Now, you can always try to make sure you have some sort of a non-compete clause or something like that in your contract if you have a contract with them. If you don't have a contract with them, try to get a contract. Um, yeah, but those are those are a few things that I would say. Don, what do you got? So I think, um, and it happens a lot, happens all the time. Right. Executive leadership turnover is something that is going to happen when you're dealing with companies outside of the local or regional area that that may be family owned, privately owned and run. Right. Because you can have more of a, a closer type bond relationship with those types of companies. When you get into to corporations and equity groups and things of that nature, you have to uh, you have to protect yourself. Something that that I've always liked that I don't know that a lot of people do is like you have to have, you can do buyout clauses, right? You can do timeline clauses. Like if you know, um, anytime a new management changes when it comes to decision-making, uh, you know, you get six or eight months, 180 days, uh, before, you know, they can terminate your contract or your agreement. Uh, to give you the opportunity to get to know them, for them to get to know you, uh, and for you to perform uh, during that time frame. So you can do certain things like that. Uh, of course, you're probably going to re- meet resistance. Uh, you know, a lot of companies want contracts to be all one-sided for them, uh, but you got to have give and take, and it needs to be fair. Um, and most companies that have ethics will understand that, and they'll they'll respect it. But yeah, you're you're going to run into that. Um, and just remember, at the end of the day, it's just business. It's not, you know, it's not personal. 
I mean, yes, we get personally invested in it because it's something that we're personally doing, but it's still business to everybody. Um, and, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and always ask for feedback. I, I think that's another great thing that'll to, to add to that so that if you have issues, ask for feedback uh, to protect yourself. Um, when they give you feedback in written performances or emails, then you can always say, well, you know, hey, I, you said I asked, you know, and here's this. So... Uh, always do that to protect yourself as well. All right, next question. Next question, Bob. Um, I guess we'll round it out with this one because this one uh, <laughs> will probably um, get Don all spun up and going crazy as he's like searching at the wall, like he's doing. I don't. I don't know what the poor guy's doing over there. Anyway, back to my phone here. Hold on. I'm not sure if this topic or idea has ever come up before on the show, but has NHRA ever thought about splitting up the Lucas Oil Series into an east and west system for national points? Kind of like how they do for the 250 class in Supercross and smaller NASCAR series. Do you think it would make the series better or hurt it? I know Don gets extremely spun up on this this topic of conversation. So I'll start with mine, and then Don will just blow me out of the water with his rebuttal. So, um, my personal opinion, <laughs> my personal opinion, is I I kind of feel like that's what the division circuits for, right? Because you have seven, you have seven division champions, and those points also count for your national. Um, so I know it's a, some people say it's unfair because. You know, they don't have as many national events in their area or something like that. But, you know, it, it's, it's what we're given. And I honestly think an East and a West thing wouldn't really do much other than take some of the luster out of winning a, a national championship or should I say a world championship for my people in Australia that they're going to cringe when I say the world championship just because I wanted to throw that out there. I love you, Phil. Anyway. Um, I don't necessarily think it's a good idea. Um, they did do the East and the West, or they do still do it in junior dragsters. When I won the national championship for junior dragsters, I won the Western Conference Finals, which everybody considered it the national champion, but there was also an East champion when I um, won as well. Now, were we ever going to be able to have a duel uh, to see who's the ultimate champion? Not necessarily. That's where I only, my personal opinion is, if they're going to do something like that and do an East and a West, they need to kind of do like what they do with the Summit Series, where they like, whoever wins the championship, if there was an East and a West, help, there needs to be some sort of sponsorship or points fund or something that gets the person out to Pomona or wherever they're going to decide, and then they have like a shootout to see who's the ultimate champion, like a best out of three or something rounds or I don't know how they would do that but so that way there can be the bragging rights there but it wouldn't be fair for the person if the person won the national championship that lives in Pomona versus the guy that's the eastern championship winner that's in Florida it's going to cost them $5,000 to go to Pomona just in gas and all the stuff so there needs to be some sort of money situation there in which I really don't think that's ever going to happen um, but a good thought. So I would stick with just the division, the division championships. Go with that. 
you know, some people bitch about the car counts in certain divisions and they always win division championships because there's some championship is or some division is easier than the other. Well, if that's the case and you really want to win that bad, drive your happy ass over to whatever division you think that is much easier and see how you stack up. Don, take the floor. I mean, it's a lot of good points, um, and it's very difficult, right, logistically speaking. However, that being said, I still feel like we we fix a lot of issues or shortcomings in creating different fields of playing if we start breaking things up in the, in the country. And... And I say that from the standpoint that, you know, let's take let's take this past weekend. Let's take NASCAR. You have NASCAR Cup, you have Xfinity, and you have Truck. And they all three raced in front of the same crowd on three different days. And they all have the opportunity to be the show and be on the stage and bring the valuation to their sponsors and their organization. That is one thing that we do not have in NHRA drag racing. It does not matter how you want to try to paint the picture. Xfinity gets their time on TV. Truck Series gets their time on TV. And it's it's awesome. And you have the opportunity to create these brands and personalities and individuals and sponsors and in business to watch them grow and move up the move up the ranks we do not do that in nhra drag racing you cannot say that the value of lucas oil drag racing events uh is going to catapult people into the camping world series it's not going to happen that 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 brand or value is not there because those opportunities do not exist because we do not offer a platform or an environment where we can split up alcohol and pro mod and factory stock and top sportsman or bracket class uh super gas 90 races whatever the case may be and make them bigger than life in those opportunities Unless you're in the professional category, you will never have the opportunity to, to create the valuation or brand or personality uh, like a truck series, like a Tanner Gray did, leaving NHRA Pro Stock Champion to the Camping World Truck Series and getting that valuation and that price point that goes along with it for that TV time and creating the brand and personality for those partners. And so I think splitting the country necessarily into east and west not in that terminology but creating different events and series opportunities that would entail allowing to have significant streaming or tv partners or business partners to come in new sponsors with a lower valuation point to allow them to grow we would we would allow some of that to fix itself if you will uh, if we made some concessions and some movement to have some growth. So uh, I'm in agreement with you that there needs to be something done. I don't 
a hundred percent say in theory that having an east and west quote unquote uh is going to fix that situation so there that's my two cents there you go well we have a couple more but uh we'll save those for another episode um but we appreciate you guys sending in the hate mail at racers and rental cars.com keep them coming we especially like the one I'm not gonna I'm not gonna elaborate on this one, but it says I wouldn't mow that fool's grass. <laughs> so in reference to somebody that we spoke about on the show, uh, which will remain uh, anonymous, but that's pretty funny. So keep up. The wow, that's too, because we, we like I, I I didn't get that one. <laughs> yeah, who who, I'll, who I'll, doesn't want to mow my grass? Uh, not yours. They're referencing oh, someone oh, else oh. that was mentioned on the show. So we're, oh, we're not, uh, but okay. yeah, if you want to th- talk shit to Don do, yeah, we can do that too. Um, I'm like, who doesn't want to mow my grass? What the hell? <laughs> Get off my grass. Um, <laughs> anyway, but Don, you know, thanks for a good show. And I think, uh, I think, yeah, we pretty much, pretty much got all the bases covered. Um, I do want to do a quick little shout out to, and thank everybody that has been buying the top fuel cam merch on the racers and rental cars.com website. Um, they've been shipping out like crazy and uh, really appreciate it, all the support. And uh, I will be back at the track soon, I promise. Um, yeah, um, stay tuned on any of that. But you should probably make sure you get a shirt before then. And then uh, while you're there, make sure you buy some racers and rental cars. Merch as well, hat, hoodie, t-shirt, things like that. Don's rant t-shirt, you know, all the good stuff. Um, and a big special thank you to, uh, all the people that, uh, make this stuff happen, you know, like CBD, MD, KNN, air filters, manscaped, NGK spark plugs, uh, flow racing, flow sports app. Check it out. It's really cool. Um, our boy, Alex Stryler at alexstryler.com. He's got a lot. He was a guest on our show. He's got a really cool, uh, sponsorship stuff that, uh, will definitely help you in getting sponsors for your quest of being racing champion. Um, and yeah, Manscaped. Again, anything like Manscaped, CBD, MD, K&N, things like that, make sure you use our promo code RIRC at checkout. Get yourself 20, 30, 40, a million percent off, whatever it may be that week. So with that being said, Don, I'm out of here. I'm going to go see if I can get on some phone calls and see if I can uh, sell my son some more sponsorships because I can't seem to sell my own. So... See ya. Thank you for downloading this episode of Racers and Rental Cars. This episode has been brought to you in part by Streetway Marketing and Media, Voice America for all of your podcasting needs, K&N Air Filters, Manscaped.com, CBDMD, Motion Raceworks, and LB Trailer Sales. Be sure to use the RIRC promo code at any of the listed sponsors. We appre- they appreciate your business, and we'll see you next week.